0: a game? What is play? Join me as we explore these questions, discover the myths of Abzu, the identity of the diver, walking simulators and environmental storytelling, plus the Hawaiian state fish. I'm the Well-Read Mage, and this is Magecast. Let me tell you, this show is known for taking deep dives into your favorite games, as well as titles you've never even heard of, but this may be our deepest dive of all. The oceanic Abzu awaits us with its rich theological backdrop as well as its elegant, sensual subtext. It's a pelagic paradise of questions without answers, and bringing a backstroke of genius to the conversation is my special guest Bill Tucker of A Gamer Looks at 40. His fear of the sea is put to the test in the game that is the podcast itself. Things get elemental as we discover the nuclei of video games. I'm sorry, does that oversell it? I'm just kind of excited to bring this episode to life for your ears to hear. Magecast is the podcast for the lonely, for those who miss the simple pleasure of a shared dialogue. Magecast is the podcast for conversationalists in a world where we've already stopped listening to each other. As ever, you can help support Magecast by visiting patreon.com forward slash the pixels, where episodes are offered, hey, in early access before going live for the public. You can also learn more at thepixels.com, that's the-pixels.com, or find me on Twitter and Twitch at Mage. Now let's start the show. All right, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Magecast. We're going to take a deep dive into the underwater world of Abzu today. And swimming here along with me is my good friend Bill from A Gamer Looks at 40 podcast. Which you really should listen to if you haven't yet. How dare you? Uh, Bill. Bill. <laughs> how are you sir i'm
1: doing well Rhett. thanks so much for uh, having me i agree you should listen to that show if you haven't yet
0: <laughs> <laughs> you should i mean just like you said he's a jolly guy he's he's well spoken he's soft spoken so he's easy on the ears yeah uh, yeah yes <laughs> uh and okay and uh, i feel terrible obviously we were talking about this earlier not to rehash you know, put, put salt on old wounds and stuff like that. But you said, thanks for having me. Essentially you're having me though. Somebody's having, having somebody. (laughs) It's a
1: mutual having, I think is, is the best way to put it. Um, Yeah, this was intended to be, uh, so I do a series on my show. It's kind of breaks up between the main episodes of a gamer looks at 40. I do two side shows. One of them is called tales from the bargain bin where my brother and I, usually it's my brother and I, talk about the rando games we got from well-meaning family members as a kid. Do they still hold up? Are they any good? Etc. And then the other one is The Walk Never Ends, which is an exploration of walking sims. Uh, I find the genre really interesting. I think the intersection of art and game is blurred, and I think walking simulators mm-hmm. walk that line, and I find them interesting. So I usually get a guest, we talk for a half an hour, um, sometimes it descends into non sequiturs, but um we, it's it's a it's just a kind of a lightweight show. And I know and Red and I were talking about this a little bit back and forth, whose show is this gonna be? And uh because I think the the deep dive, as we already punned, is probably more suited to uh Mage cast, I think we're gonna keep it here. But you may hear elements of this someplace else on my show. Not sure how that's gonna articulate yet, but Um, this is, I think this conversation is more suited for this and this is kind of a conversation I'd like to have as opposed to a more lightweight conversation on my side show. So,
0: yeah, I mean, and again, I don't, I don't mean to Shanghai your, your concept here. Eventually Bill invited me to be on his show and, uh, that's what happened the last time friends when we were talking about Metroid dread and we ended (laughs) up talking for like over two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so was, that was a little crazy. That was, and I wasn't even. I don't think we were. Yeah, no, we were talking about Metroid Dread, but difficulty, and all of a sudden it right. turns into journalistic integrity, and <laughs> <laughs> and then the nature of challenge in a
0: game, and away we went uh, on this journey. So uh, yeah. yes, I mean one of my favorite conversations, though you know, and one of the cool. th- reasons why I love doing. Uh, the show that I'm doing is it just it provides a space where you can have those kinds of conversations can't really do that streaming because somebody's chatting the other yeah. person's streaming you can't really do that blogging in like a comment section certainly can't. I mean Twitter is not designed for long-form conversation so I think podcasts perhaps one of the reasons why they're so popular now again is uh, uh, podcasts really provide a space for uh, conversation. I mean, with immediacy where you're not having to type back to me, I'm not having to type back to you. Oh my goodness. As you finish typing this thread of a response and then, you know, you have to like number your tweets and all this stuff. It's just, <laughs> this is much more natural.
1: Yeah. I agree with that. Podcasting allows you to not only, it really depends on what you're trying to do, but yeah, the conversation can be more natural and focused, I think, than a stream. Cause when you're on stream, again, as someone who does it one, you know, once a week, pretty much, Um, I'm trying to be entertaining as well Mm -hmm. as having a conversation. And while Mm -hmm. podcasting is different, it's like a different type of performance. It's like being in a recording studio as opposed to performing live. kind of how I feel about it. It's a different energy because you don't have other people to feed off of. So it's, it requires a little more thoughtfulness, but I agree. Yeah. I think this is the perfect forum for this kind of conversation Um, because it is two people with two different opinions, hopefully or possibly, And, um, as opposed to a video where it's just one person or anything like that.
0: Right, right, right. I know the last time we ended up pretty much agreeing with each other, whereas it sounded like we really didn't at the start, uh, of the dread conversation, right? The dreaded conversation. The dreaded conversation. Uh, (laughs) But what, I mean, is that part of, um, that's what attracts me to podcasting. Like, so what, what attracts you to podcasting? What keeps you doing your, your concept? Uh, stories. Just telling Mm -hmm. other
1: people's stories and letting people who may never have had those stories, you know, put out there, right? Um, Giving them a chance to tell those tales of, in my show particularly, stories of how games affected them, the games they Mm -hmm. love, the systems they love, the eras they love. And the show, I think, is at its best when it's telling stories and sharing those personal memories and those impactful moments. I think video games, like any other art form, affects people's lives. Like You spend decades doing a thing, it's going to impact you in a certain way, much like music does, and art does, and film does. Um, people don't really talk about other stories, like what their personal experience is. And I like also talking to just regular people who are, you know, in my world, there's lots of streamers, and bloggers, and YouTubers. You know, we all have the same circle kind of of people who enjoyed this show and my show and et cetera. um, But I also like talking to just regular people who my brother, for example, who he's not a podcaster, he's not a, you know, he's a filmmaker, but he's, he's not behind in front of the camera. He's behind it. Usually Mm -hmm. and just telling those stories. I think people's stories are interesting. And I honestly, Mm -hmm. truly think everybody to a certain extent is interesting. You know what I mean? Like Mm I, I don't think you can go through this life without a few good stories under your belt. And, if you again if you play video games for any length of time that's that's what you're uh, you're going to have a couple you know even if it's something as simple as playing friend playing with friends or something as deep as you know playing the legend of zelda changed how i look at you know m- life or changed how i look at myself as a person or one example changed inspired me to pursue the career i do you know i had mm-hmm. really really going from a last year where a gentleman he played the legend of zelda when he was six couldn't get anywhere cried as you do because that's that's his <laughs> year and then two months later decided to retackle it and wrote this 60 page tome of maps and and tips of where everything was and then he realized i love solving problems and that's what he does for a living he solves problems so it's interesting how the game and that's kind of what the show is about um i try not to be nuts and bolts i try to be um Oh, ew, I almost said hearts and minds, but that sounds really, really cheesy and bad. So I'm, I, 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 I'm I'm gonna walk back from that. But it really is about the heart of the genre, or sorry, the heart of the medium, as opposed to those nuts and bolts.
0: I got you. I got you. I, and I think there's a lot of overlap in interest between, uh, you know, what we do on our separate shows as well uh i was talking with a lot of the folks in our discord which you should absolutely join if you're listening to this and you like listening to this just join the discord already come on forget about it uh it's good so we're chatting in there love discord and uh talking about um playing through games for different reasons you know some people speed run shout out to vox geyser my friend vox who was on the last episode on spider-man uh (laughs) <laughs> as I said, I'm just, I'm going to plow through Abzu today. Um, and he goes, he's like, well, you could get a speed run going. I'm absolutely the last person on the planet who wants to do speed runs. <laughs> believe me. Like I've, I've done a speed run once for like freaking, uh, no, no, no. Once for like a platinum, it was a game Ico. And then once on a stream, cause we were just like, let's see how fast we could beat super Mario world. but, Uh, I'm competitive, but not in that scene at Mm -hmm. all. I'm more so as I'm playing through Abzu, I'm absorbing kind of all these uh, mystical and mythological subtexts and piecing them together in my head. And that to me is really fascinating in kind of driving forward through this game and re exploring and remembering, you know, how it all fits together as a kind of thematic puzzle. Mm -hmm. That to me is more interesting than the mechanical but at the same time, I know, I mean, one of my other friends, Corey, he's a, he's a, what I would call a systems guy. Mm-hmm. The first thing he tells me about a new game he's playing is the combat system hmm. or the crafting system. And that's just where his brain is satisfied. So I think there, there's such a broad range of interests and personalities that can be invested in gaming, uh, in gamings, in video games in different <laughs> ways. So, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. Absolutely, there's the title Mage Cast, yes, episode 75. This is absolutely not a swimulator.
1: That's <laughs> so good, that makes me very thank happy.
0: you, thank you, thank you to Metroid Mike 64 for yes. coming up with Swimulator, <laughs> and thank you to Octorock 1982 for coming up with Absolutely. Which, I mean, when he dropped that, kind of blew my mind. It's like it's there, it was in front of me the whole time and I never saw it, and I feel ashamed. Uh, (sighs) How sad. Abzu. Shame. Shame. The the box of shame. uh, Abzu was developed by Giant Squid Studios and published uh, by 505 Games in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's when I first played it. When did you first play Abzu? Um, a couple of weeks. Uh, last week. <laughs> last week? Okay, yeah. yeah. This is one of one of those games
1: that was sitting in the old, uh, sitting on my PlayStation forever. It might have been that 2016, 2017 when I actually bought it and just never got around to playing it. You know, we all have those games in the backlog where we're always looking, man, I got to get to that thing. And then something yeah. else comes up. So Abzu that's was one nice. of those games that just kind of sat there on the shelf, on the virtual shelf, I should say.
0: And um, yeah, uh, so I'm very, very happy to have played it for this uh, recording. So you're going to cut right through my 2016 nostalgia right here. I, uh, can with you be nostalgic day. about
1: like <laughs> six years ago? I guess nowadays you can be right with everything that's gone on in the last five years. Right. I think now, you can I, absolutely be nostalgic about the, yeah, I, the salad
0: days totally, of 2016.
1: Yeah, it's totally
0: <laughs> I mean, tongue in cheek because people pretend like 20 years ago is like ancient Greco Roman history (laughs) in in, in gaming It was like this only 20 years ago. Yeah. That's not that long ago. And they're like, ah, you're just nostalgic for the early 2010s. Yeah. Like that was like 10 years ago. (laughs) It's not that (laughs) long ago. Uh spoilers, by the way. Uh it is appropriate for this one. Sometimes I'm, you know, like last episode again, we were talking about retro Spider-Man games. Spoilers. eh. But here abzu i think there's quite a bit going on here again thematically uh subtextually mm-hmm. um that is something that you really should experience i think for yourself yeah i agree uh, with for that. the first time yeah so yep. spoilers indeed the shark <laughs> the shark Okay. The shark. Cause like replaying through this again, I was like, Oh, there's the shark. The first time I played through this first time you played through this bill. How'd you feel about like the first appearances of the shark?
1: I, I jumped, I yes. I jumped and <laughs> gasped and I'm like, Oh, I didn't think yeah. this, <laughs> I didn't think <laughs> this kind of threat. And then for the rest of the, most of the experience I'm looking beh- I'm looking behind both shoulders. Like when does that creature come out and, and, uh, shot my, shot yeah. my good, my good buddy again. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, it definitely put a, put a jolt in me and, uh, it was a nice jolt. It was fun. I was like, oh, that's, that's fun. That's a, it was a good choice.
0: Yes. Uh, it's yeah, very well done presentation of its, uh, its emotional key points. But I think, uh, that changes, unfortunately it's like when you watch a horror movie more than once, you mm-hmm. know, you're like, ah, you know where the jump scares are. Yeah. Uh, first time you might not be ready for it, especially if they do a fake out, it gets all quiet. And then they're like, ah, nothing's going to happen. And then you turn around and it's there. Uh, The shark, though, those jump scares with the shark, the appearances of the shark, the the way that music is used with the shark, that hits you hard early on on your first playthrough. Um, And it's not quite the same on the other playthroughs. So I'm glad to hear that you had the same experience that I did with my first. Yeah, I mean,
1: and but I think also when it comes to like horror movies are a good example of that. Even though if you know it's coming, for me at least, you can appreciate the craft of the build-up. You know? Yes. And that's, I think, what's fun about horror, especially if you, again, know where the jump scares are. And I don't love jump scares, personally, mm-hmm. um, especially if a movie or, or work leans really heavily on them. Once or twice in a, in a game or a, a film, that's fine. You know, That's part of right. the tension and building tension and false expectations and all that. But um, I, I love looking at it. It's kind of like if you listen to... We brought up comedy during our... Uh, I think it was a yes. Maniac Mansion. It's like comedy. If yes. you know the joke, if you heard a joke three or four times, it's not as funny. It's now mm-hmm. gone too entertaining. And now you have the opportunity to look at that joke and examine it and be like, ooh, I love that it built up to that, the word usage, the rhythm. Same thing with like a jump scare in a film or a game. Um, that's kind of the fun of it. So
0: the craft, again, it's the craft. I mean, people say comedy is subjective and maybe hilarity is subjective, but comedy is a craft. I mean, comedians have to work on that, you know? Yeah. And we covered that. Folks, if you want the conversation on comedy as a craft, go check out the Maniac Mansion episode. That was fun. It was. Uh, Bill was there too. So if you get tired of hearing me talk, you can hear him (laughs) talk on that episode. Uh, A couple of mage facts here. First one, Abzu draws heavily from ancient religion, mythology, and mysticism, particularly Sumerian and Babylonian beliefs, Uh, though I think also some medieval mysticism beliefs. So that's why I threw mysticism in Mm -hmm. there. Um, Unfortunately, in the information age and the misinformation age, it's very difficult to track down some specific answers to questions. And we'll get to that a little later. I think uh, it, it's an interesting subject matter. I think people that write on it need to use some dang footnotes though. Let me <laughs> to right. tell you. Yeah. My gosh. If there, if there's a messier topic online to try to research, I haven't found it yet, but that is, that is one of them. There's entire documentaries where they're like, Hey, this is this. And you're like, how, where right. would you where did you read that? And they're just like, ah, I made it up. So ah. music, music was composed by Austin Wintory. Oh ah, yes. Who also did journey uh, banner saga flow, I believe mm-hmm. Um, not flower. That was somebody else. Right. But Austin Wintory, one of my favorite modern composers, amazing work. Yeah. And
1: this, and this game is no exception. I mean, I the music from Journey is some of the best soundtrack work. I mean, I'm not to be hyperbolic, but I it's definitely one of the best some of the best soundtrack working games. I, and I think you can mm-hmm. make a pretty strong argument for it. Um I don't think this is quite that level, but it's still gorgeous. I mean it's and in the game that relies so much on mood and atmosphere, that music has to be spot on. Cause without his work, it's um it was just wouldn't have been the same experience. Uh, this is the type of game you really should play with the sound on. I know a few mm-hmm. people in my world who who play games with the sound off a lot. Um, oh. And I, and it's interesting to me. I'm like, wow, well, how, but how do you, how? how, I don't know. how. Yeah. I don't know how you could possibly <laughs> do that, but they do. And um, this is one of the ones I would say, no, no, you need to, it's
0: part of the experience. Yeah. You can't do this without um, sound or music on. They just, yeah i We mentioned before on this show music, especially in games with no dialogue uh or you know music in games pre voice acting music is the voice of characters a lot yeah. of the time music uh informs you as much as the visuals do in some instances, and like you said, this is absolutely one instance. Uh, So shout out to the amazing work of Austin Wintory, mm. also the sound designers who implemented the score into this game in such a way that it fluidly evolves and changes as you kind of move through this, this underwater world. So that, like when we were talking about the shark earlier. You know the music will get much more menacing when you're on. You don't hear the no, but and props to Wintory for kind of reinventing a, a shark theme uh, yeah. without having to draw from Williams. Um, but, but yeah, the way that the music changes from menacing to to awe-inspiring to magical to whimsical mm-hmm. um as you move through the world, I think, is just exceptional. Um Some of the best. Very strong flavor, but some of the best soundtracks, I think, have come out of this man, Austin Mortori. Great work. Yeah, again, it's, 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 uh, yeah, he, he
1: just does such a beautiful job understanding the subject matter too. Like he really understands the world his music's going to live in and flavor. And again, it it all just sounds beautifully, almost aquatic, right? It sounds like Mm -hmm. it belongs in that, um, that undersea world. And like you said, it, it creates a little whimsy when needed. It creates tension when tensions needed. It's uh, it's really a pretty extraordinary um, piece of work by him.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have to give him kudos for coming up with choral music when there's choral in the background. (laughs) All right. Hey, (laughs) Uh, Abzu shares a lot of the same developers who worked on that game company's journey. Sunny Slim on Twitter said, it was a lot like Journey for me, semi-linear exploration set piece kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not, that's not, you know, on, by accident for sure. I mean, that's, that seems to be by design. Uh, I would go so far as to consider Journey and Abzu to be really counterpart mm-hmm. games. Yeah. Different size of a similar coin,
1: you know, can one of course very dry and like obviously, you, you open in a desert, but you go different places and journey. You take that journey where here we're just kind of in this aquatic world. Um, yeah, it's it's got a lot of same DNA and it's not surprising um, that it had the same director and composer amongst other people who assisted on it. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a companion piece. I don't think I like this as much as Journey mm-hmm. um, because I you don't have as much freedom of expression as far as movement goes. That's why mm. I think what I love about Journey is not only is it – it is pretty much a straight line from beginning to end for the most part. It makes mm-hmm. you feel like you have all of this wonderful expression floating and and everything else. Here you 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 can explore the environments, but it felt very one place to another, you know? And it felt mm. a little mm. more – you know, we're in the underwater area. Now we're in the mechanical – now we're in the ruins. Now we're in mechanical. Now we're touching the glowy orb back into something else. <laughs> And then it, yeah. it felt like it it was a little more not rote that's not the right word but a little more structured I think than journey which felt like this very natural progression
0: of environments and places and and things like that so I think maybe compartmentalized is a word I might say for Mm, that, where it feels like each area is self-contained and maybe the connective tissue isn't so obvious, Mm -hmm. but I think that journey has the benefit of you seeing the end goal from the start of the game. Uh, And so, you know, okay, I need to reach this glowy beacon on top of this mountain. Mm -hmm. That is what you're heading towards. Whereas in Abzu, when you start off, you're just in a, you know area in the water and you just start moving through areas without maybe a semblance of real direction or purpose and i feel like that's a big distinction between these two games yeah i think that makes a lot of sense and i think there was a
1: um i think there's a a big miss here they missed the opportunity for a co-op mode where someone could drop in as like a manta ray or or a turtle <laughs> i would love yeah. that i want to drop and then maybe because <laughs> uh, a bigger mechanic of this game is riding uh riding the sea creatures that you find within the environment and then it gives you this lovely little uh tool tip of what the animal is what the sea creature mm-hmm. is um remind me a lot of like the old edutainment games from the mid 90s like underwater adventure it's kind of like yeah <laughs> float around this you know slideshow version of a underwater area and oh, the Piranha Fish, you know, and give you some facts yeah. on it. Um, but that's
0: obviously, this is, yeah. This is better than Mario teaches typing. This is. <laughs> but it's I, not quite as good as Journey. <laughs> no, not,
1: no, no. I would say it's like a half step down. It's a very good game. and But again, yeah. I, I think, you know, trying to, evoking the names of masters, because Journey is a, a singular experience everyone should play. It's one of those games that, if you're a fan of the medium, it's it's required. I've used the college analogy a lot, but if if games were a college, Journey would be required for every major. Like you you would have to take Journey.
0: So, yeah, yeah. and that's a hard sell, though. I mean, I've tried to sell it to people a couple times. Uh, it's one of my favorite games. It's actually the very first topic for this podcast, Magecast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and a rough listen because <laughs> there's was three guys talking in a one microphone. Oh boy,, uh, just like a cheap USB mic, so oof. But um, we did our best. Uh, now, of course, we have the power of technology, but with journey, uh, it could be difficult, I think, to sell the game to people. Um I would I mean, I would echo all of the sentiments that you've said, Bill. but it's difficult saying like this is required reading. And then somebody plays it and like two hours later, they're like, I, I don't, I didn't get it. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I think there's subtlety there though. There's, there are things to appreciate in journey that it does differently that we just, just take for granted that we just up, you know, completely gloss over.
1: Yeah, I think it does. I think there's, um yeah, this game does a lot uh, again, really beautifully well in the same way that journey does things well. That it gives you this beautiful s- sense of scope and space mm-hmm. and environment. And while the, the, an underwater world is more contained, you know, to be fair, the environments in Abzu feel like giant fishbowls, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're from one fish tank to another fish tank to another. I don't mean that to be reductive. That's just the nature of how the underwater world works, right? That's just, And obviously, you need to put in walls for a player. Um, but even within that world, there's so many little things to explore and, and find. Um, I don't think the game does a particularly good job of incentivizing that exploration other than just yeah. saying, hey, you're here because you want to explore. Like, you know what this game is all about. You bought it. So here, explore. But I, I always sometimes you need gamer treats within the environment, like right. little collectibles <laughs> or that you can get or not get. Um it doesn't do a wonderful job of that. Um, I do, though, like the variety of sea life. I do like the idea of grabbing onto a dolphin and using and have the dolphin fight you back a little bit as you're trying to like navigate and swim. I, I, I love that sort of thing, and that kind of connection to the sea life. Um, but like Journey, there's a big the environments are gorgeous, even if Journey does feel bigger in scope. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. I, I feel like a photo mode might have helped a little bit here. Like maybe you're talking about collectibles. Like maybe it's like, okay, go out and photograph like at least one of every, you know, life form that's, that you encounter in this game. That could have been interesting. Um, There's that meditation feature, which I think is interesting. So you can kind of like, I mean, I don't know if you've done this yet, but you kind of just like meditate. It's a a, sort of like a pause menu Mm -hmm. and then it'll cycle through different fish and creatures that are in the area and it's almost like you've got this highly stylized uh, aquarium, then on your TV screen that you can just let sit idle. Yeah, I, I used it a lot. I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed
1: yeah. cycling through different sea life and and admiring again the craft behind it. And again, all this all these sea life looks amazing. The environments are gorgeous. I mean, I don't we haven't really talked about visuals too much here, but mm-hmm. suffice to say, they're just I mean, breathtaking. You know, from yeah. beginning to end, breathtaking. There's no. I don't know, no dead spots in it really. Um, But I enjoy just sitting there and enjoying the fish tank, like you said, (laughs) enjoying the virtual aquarium. I take my kid to the uh, we have or like members of the local aquarium here in in Austin, and I we we go probably at least once a quarter. And I've been there a hundred times now, but I still enjoy watching fish swim and watching like eels go in from cavern to cavern, and it's something very relaxing about it. So I I spent a decent amount of time just kind of meditating, just enjoying the, the,
0: the experience of watching these fish kind of roam around. Uh, it's, it's great. And i I was thinking what a great choice of word as well, meditation to just like meditate in this, in this classic sense of just sit on and think on something, not in sit and think and empty your mind, but sit and, and muse on something. Yeah. Uh, and so that's literally what your character does. Your character sits and then the camera focuses on, uh, you know, a, a species of fish, uh, and you can just sit there and just bathe in it. Um, the the visuals, I mean, like I so I used the term stylized earlier. It's kind of like a low polygon sort of motif they got going yeah, on here. Bit, yeah. And I read that they they went with that so that they could actually include ten times more fish mm-hmm. in an area than they could previously. So everything looks nicely streamed down. Uh, without being, you know, utterly blocky or anything like that. Um, and it's just, it's, it's awe-inspiring. The, there's a question here. What was your biggest whoa moment from ABXY reviews? Um, and for me, it was the, uh, the, the bait ball, the shoal of, of fish. Just, uh, mm-hmm. I believe it was Trevally, uh, just swimming around in a, in a ball. Uh, and there's other yeah. sailfish and, and Marlin and all mm-hmm. sorts of things spearing at them. I was just blown away. I, I hadn't seen anything like that in a video game. So many individually moving entities swimming around each other so quickly. Yeah that that was that was incredible. Um, I I really
1: I think it's the first jet stream you find yourself in because to break up the traversal, there are jet streams where you're basically almost like not rail shooter, but you're kind of just navigating um, your character up, down, left, right in this kind of. You know, fast-moving stream, so to speak, and there's a little video gaming thing where you can like pass through certain fish to get a little speed boost. Again, nothing in this game has stakes; it's all there for fun. If you want to do it, and if not, don't. Um, mm-hmm. And then being just spat out into the, again just one of these giant arrays of of uh, of cre- of you know, just wildlife and fish life. And I think the other one my biggest roam moment probably would be towards the very end when you're about to pr- approach the giant base for the lack of a better term or yeah, for lack of a better term. <laughs> know, base. I'll just say the, the yeah. mechanical base and you are just in a minefield of these pyramid mines. We haven't talked about them yet, but um, that was shocking when you're with your, you know, that was absolutely shocking to see this uh, just this see of obstacles in a game that really doesn't present many obstacles until the nearly the probably at least the last 45 minutes when it finally presents an actual obstacle but um yeah those are just a couple Um, but yeah you're right that sea of fish is um the circle the ball of fish was incredible incredible yeah yeah
0: that was a oh man yeah i mean more astounding to me than like seeing the peach fuzz or hair follicles on a, a character <laughs> yes. in a video game. I was like, <laughs> I've seen human beings, but like, yeah. I've never swam up to like a, a a ball of fish like that, a huge shoal of of fish being predated on. And I mean, being able to kind of just move through that and view it from any angle and see that it's not like a solid object, that it's comprised of, of multiple objects that will swim in different directions as things pass through them. I was so astonished and abzu to me is a really special game. Having grown up around the ocean in Hawaii, spent a lot of time fishing, a lot of time uh, diving did night diving once do not hmm. recommend. Oh my gosh. I can't uh, imagine. Freaking. Yeah. You want to talk about like looking over your shoulder every five <laughs> seconds, freaking night diving. Oh Yeah. Uh, we, we used to do it at a, at a, at a beach, uh, Richardson state park, uh, near Hilo, Hawaii, where, uh, you know, frequented all the time. And I remember we went on a stormy day. Uh, my brother and I were still pretty young, no supervision. We've got, uh, Spears that we bought from Walmart. Uh, This is Hawaii, so it's not like everybody's. Wait a minute. Yeah, (laughs) I
1: was going to say spears from Walmart,
0: huh? Wow. Okay. So, uh, and this is like in the 90s. Uh, But it wasn't like, you know, Walmart's not like a tiki hut where like people in loincloths are selling you like a a stone spear. These are like, they're like uh, these, you know, long plastic shafts with like three uh, metal prongs on one end and like a rubber band that you put around your hand and you can like, let it go and it'll shoot out of your hand. So not a gun or anything like that, yeah, but yeah. we're swimming around and it's pretty much just, there. there's no lifeguard. There's nobody else there. And uh, you know, it's rough, it's murky. Uh, and so we don't really catch anything. I think we caught an octopus that day and then we, we go home. And the next day uh, in the newspaper, uh, there was uh, some article about a sighting of like a huge, huge tiger shark. At that same beach, oh no, <laughs> the same day that we went, and I was like, <gasps> it was probably eyeballing us the whole time in the murky water. So, yeah. if, I, may I
1: say that that's one of the best sentences I've heard in the wild in a while. We went night, we went night swimming with a spear bought from Walmart and <laughs> caught an octopus. <laughs> that's like
0: uh, how, who who does that? Like that is amazing. <laughs> That is weird. I mean, that was my childhood. It's hard to figures why I have a hard time relating to people, you know. And it's just like a lot of people didn't have the childhood that I had. I take it for granted now. Sure. I mean, we grew up. We grew up poor. My my dad built a house on a couple acres of property in an area that nobody really wanted. Interesting. Um, in the middle of the jungle, I played games on a generator. Wow. Um, it and I'm glad I live in civilization now. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Uh, but I do miss the ocean though. And that's the fundamental point. I think like, so playing a game like Abzu um, to me, uh, I don't know if it's in the DNA. I don't know if it's a native Hawaiian thing, but mm-hmm. it just feels like I'm at home. Well, I will say, ocean.
1: I will say this um, for the record. I don't like water at all. Okay. <laughs> you. I am the exact opposite. I'm a land lover um, through and through. I don't like the ocean. I won't, I will put my feet in the water, but you will not see me waist deep in waves. That's not happening. I don't.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. I don't
1: love. I don't. I. I. I think water's the scariest thing on the planet. Wow. <laughs> I do. It's the scariest thing to yeah. me. It's more scary than fire, lightning, earthquake. Because if a yeah. wall of water is coming at you, yeah, nothing you can do. Because water is really no. heavy. <laughs> yeah. It is so destructive, and yeah. I. I uh, yeah, I just I just got the chills about water. I don't like <laughs> it. So for me though, I, I it's more of an abstraction for a game. I didn't ever have any concern. Although I, I don't know, I shouldn't say that. Whenever I found myself in a dark place or a, or in a confined space, like there are parts in Abzu where you can kind of go underneath the um, you know a, a bit of um, coral or a rock. Facing and there's like a big hole or a little cave you can go through. I kind of tensed up at that. And I don't like that because again, mm. it's, it's confined and if it gets dark. Yeah. I again, I don't like it. I don't like swimming in games to begin with, not because of sw- swimming mechanics, which could be a whole other conversation. Oh, and you yeah. actually posited this on Twitter that you know, not all, um, not all uh, water-based levels are bad. Not all swimming levels oh. are bad. I think that goes way back. That's an old one. I've always thought (laughs) about that because you have a good point. Like there's some few horrendous ones, but they're not all terrible. But for me, it's like, for example, if I'm playing like Fallout, you'll have situations where the lights are out and there's a water thing. I don't care what gun is in there. I don't care what pickup is in there. I am not diving my hand under there because some creature is going to go and attack me. (laughs) I don't I don't like it. No, water freaks me out. So
0: I'm the opposite of you, uh, sir. I mean, I, well, there. before you go so far as opposite, I, that is something I completely empathize with. I don't want to say like them, I'm, I'm so fearless of the ocean or anything like that. One of the things that was kind of drilled into us a lot growing up, uh, education in, is interesting in Hawaii, uh, but the education system really attempts to um, teach about the environment in such a way that they feel in varying degrees would be honorable towards ancient native people that lived in Hawaii, um, so there's a lot of respect for the ocean that's taught over there. Um, to treat the ocean as something that can kill you because it can, and to be careful around it, and to you know keep it clean, and to um, you know just again treat it with respect. So, I mean, I've had I've had nightmares like diving underwater in the middle of the ocean. Um, I completely get. It. I've panicked underwater several times. Um, crawling over coral spearfishing and, and looking down and there's a moray eel. That'll, that'll give you a jump. Um, yeah, I've seen sharks underwater, uh, at a distance. Thank goodness. Um, and a lot of sharks just leave you the heck alone. They don't care. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I have like, what is it? Uh, thalassophobia. Um, or you fear of the open ocean, but some people do. And I completely, <laughs> I, I'm like more power to you. Cause the ocean is not your friend. No, it's no, it's very deep and scary. So <laughs> yes. But yes. I,
1: I, I um, that's cool. You dig. I mean, obviously you, you grew up with it, so you, you would definitely have more experience. And I, I am not from the, ex- from the extent, I think what happens to me with, with water, not to get too far into it is when I was yeah. older, I was probably like 15 or 16. We used to go down to the uh, Jersey shore um, all the time, every summer we would go down at least four times, uh, for a weekend for a day trip, just go down to shore and the shore is great. And i I was in the water one time and I got caught in an undertow and I got sucked out as more further than I am comfortable with. And I am not a good swimmer, which is part of my thing too. I'm just not a good swimmer. And it took me a bit. I had to like kind of ride a wave back and I ended up oh. like, I'm not trying to exaggerate, a third of a mile away. Because you know, when you're in the ocean, it's pushing you right. in a direction. You're not just yeah. sitting straight. It had pushed me like a third of a mile away. I couldn't find the the, the blanket and the um, umbrella. So that might have contributed to it. My brother is the opposite, he loves the water, he would live by the beach if he could. He adores it. I'm like, nope, nope. When, if the water rises up and gets angry, we're doomed. So
0: I want to be as yeah. far. Away. Possible, that's why you live in Austin, then I guess exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would love to live near the beach I, again. I just love these games like Abzu. Um, but moving on here, was is Abzu a walking simulator? So that was the question that you really posed to me uh, when we started talking about putting this conversation together. Mm-hmm. Um, you doing that that series in which you're interested in walking simulators and elegantly put as to why you're interested in them. I think walking simulator. You might agree with this. I think walking simulator has a kind of derogatory feel to it as a yeah. title. Yep, so, I don't.
1: I actually don't like the term walking simulator. Um, I right. think it, I think it definitely has a negative connotation. I prefer a story-driven interactive experience. Um, because that is okay. kind of what they are for the most part, um, and that's to me that seems more apropos than Walking Simulator because, like you said, it's it always has a negative connotation, which means all you do is walk, right? You don't do anything right. else in this game, and in our, and since this is you know I didn't consider this for the for I really was kind of considering it for this my series, but you're right because this is just a swimming simulator, right? Same difference. It's traversal with. Very little interactivity or um, agency in the story, um, and the question becomes: again, is this it, it? What's required for a game? What level of interactivity is required for a game? Or can games then just become interactive art or interactive stories? Is is are mm-hmm. puzzles required for a game? Is agency required for a game? Uh, because in a walking sim, you. You know you're going along the story, and you're and in this game in Abzu, you're going along. You can of course explore. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Is that level of interactivity enough? Could I make a board game where all you do is kind of draw your Monopoly pieces around it? Probably not. There would have to be a puzzle and rules and yeah systems, for lack of a better term, to be a game. So that's why I find these conversations so interesting because I think there's different levels and we're going to talk about the big temples in my series, like what remains of be the Fitch*, And we're going to talk about gone home and probably her story, even though it's not a walking sim technically. Um, yeah. So I think in the world of Abzu, I would say it absolutely would qualify in that category that I don't like, mm. but um, whether or not it's a game, I think is, is
0: up for conversation. So I recently popped open a box I received from Joypad Lad only to be greeted by a bounty of retro gaming goodness. Three games, including Metroid Prime for GameCube and a brand new Kirby water bottle to boot straight from Japan, no less for less than the price of a new AAA game. Plus, the dude shipped it out faster than you can say. Red mages read pages outrageously. For outrageous prices and new goods being uploaded frequently, you need to check out the good guy of retro gaming stores at joypadlad.com. Link in the description. You can get 10% off your order by using the promo code RED10. That's red D one zero. Let me know the Well-Read Mage sent you. Oh, so there are many questions there. Um, And I appreciate the exploratory... Uh, atmosphere of those questions as well. I I think that um, you know, like to uh like to emphasize to empathize with the walking simulator kind of being like a negative term. Uh there's a lot of people that look at like uh Metroidvania as a negative term. Mm-hmm. Uh overly emphasizing say Metroid and kind of forgetting about the vania. Yep. Or just overly emphasizing those two games. And so exploratory platformer. Might be something that they'd say sure. instead. Sure. Um, I think that at a certain point, that's potentially too loose though. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 1 is an exploratory platform. Yeah, absolutely. Could, sure. You can explore the the subterranean by taking a pipe down uh, to a secret level. Uh, maybe especially Super Mario Brothers 3 where there's kind of more choice as to where to go. So it, it, the difficult thing is taxonomy. Uh, and there's no uh, there's no real authorities to appeal to in gaming. Uh, so as this hobby has begun to develop, critics haven't even really I think come together to say, okay, let's come up with a structure for how to classify for how mm-hmm. to understand it's not like us it's not like sciences where there have been experts who have said, okay, we're gonna break things down in you know family, genus, species, all these things right. Whereas for games, it's just like, hey, let's just call this thing after the first two games we can think of. <laughs> Metroidvania. <laughs> and
1: to, just, to, just to cut in for one second on Metroidvania sure. and Walking Simulator, they're fined as shorthand. That's how I see them. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people, mm-hmm. I know, not say a lot, but I know a few people in that same boat, they won't call a Metroidvania a Metroidvania because, for exactly what you said, it's it's a little trite, right? It's It's, again, evoking the names of masters and it's it's trite and I, I get it, it's overused, sure. But again, it's kind of like souls like, you know, or right, or, right, right. or the dark souls of. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's yeah, it's shorthand, I think, is okay in casual conversation, but the problem is is that it's very rare when you find people who want to go beyond that and actually have a more nuanced conversation about the nature of that work. And I think that's kind of yeah. the stuff that you do on your show where you're trying to get to that deeper point. Um, but as far as shorthand, I don't mind it. It's fine, and mm-hmm. I don't get bad enough shape about walking sim, even though I don't love it. But yeah, it, <laughs> it's fine as a
0: loose loose category that you can dive deeper into. And you and I agree on that, absolutely. I I don't have a problem with souls like or Metroidvania or Walking Simulator. At the same time, being able to acknowledge that they kind of have like a negative sound to them, um, I think that gaming just isn't prepared for that taxonomy at this point in time where with souls, like I hadn't even thought of that as we started talking. Um, but you know, people are treating souls as a genre. Yeah. As I played uh-huh. souls recently um, for the first time, really minus a smattering of Sekiro. Elden ring is the first from soft first modern from soft game um, that I have played and enjoyed. I loved armored core, but it's not really the same thing as the Souls stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was baffled. I mean, there were a lot of people that I was talking with, um, who it sounded like they expected me to to have, you know, my socks knocked off and just be like shocked at the level of brutality in Elden Ring. And, uh, Elden Ring is a tough game for sure. But the whole time I'm playing it, I'm thinking this is Zelda one because it is (laughs) it's with the combat of Zelda two. It's, it's an adventure game. It's it's got role playing elements. Like nothing really is surprising there, but I think the beauty of Elden Ring is just it does it real well. That said, when you say something like souls like, what is that? Right? Is it sure. anything that just resembles these four or five, six games? Uh, those games in themselves resemble something previous. Sure. And if you trace that back, that's just the adventure genre, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. I had the same experience with Metroid dread. Um, you know, we talked at length about Metroid dread and when we had talked about it, I hadn't finished it yet. If right. I remember correctly. Yeah, and yeah. I, of course I had finished it and everyone told me, you know what? Expect, expect to buckle down. It's hard. It's brutal. <laughs> it's tough. And I'm like, I play it. And I'm like, was it that hard? It was it tricky Did I have to try a few times. Sure. But I just played it like a Metroid game. I just, Figured out the puzzle like that's all this game really right. is. These boss encounters, are just timing puzzles. You Figure it out mm-hmm. and you move on. So it's very interesting because also when you use those terms, you know, for example, I'm playing Hollow Hollow Knight right now, and Hollow Knight is mm-hmm. much harder, I think, than Metroid Dread. I there has been a number of bosses I've just had to abandon and say, are these guys side bosses? Yes, I'm not spec for just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could claim that's a Metroidvania style mm-hmm. game but there's so much more to that experience that labeling it can seem a bit reductive but i right. think what we have to realize is that those broad cate- categories are okay as long as we're we're willing to kind of dig a little deeper and say you know what is this game you know yeah. and we do that with all sorts of different art you know i'll listen to something where a, a music where i'll say oh this is rock music Rock music that that could be a thousand different things rock music <laughs> yeah like what what is that you know like don't use that descriptor so it's a very similar thing in any art and I think to your point, how games haven't gotten there yet with that taxonomy like you were saying is that it's such a still a brand new relatively brand new art form. Mm-hmm. It's new still like we're, we haven't gotten there yet. we haven't even explored what games can really do um, mm-hmm. we've, we've, we know what games can do and do well. But it's constantly evolving. So I think any description, any category we create is going to be flawed. But anyway, I think mm. we just have to accept the flaws of it and say it's a fine
0: shorthand. It's close enough. Right. And again, shorthand for – for uh, this it too is a dirty term in gaming. Casual. For, yeah. for the casual experiencer, the casual gamer, if you like, uh, we uh, – Gamers have to recognize that a lot of people who consume games uh, as entertainment are just doing so casually uh, with no intent to create content, yep. with no intent to follow a news cycle, with no intent to you know, make uh, leaderboards for high scores or speed runs. None of that. Uh, we live, you and I, in a very... Um, I was going to say very tightly knit, but it's like, we kind of all know the same people, you know,
1: Yeah, we're yeah. all
0: kind of creators. We're doing our own thing. We're creating podcasts or streams or blogs or videos, whatever. Uh, and I, I really think that like we don't, re- we don't um, represent the vast majority of people who consume games at all. No, I agree with that. We,
1: uh, we, and again, in our circle, as I, I guess I would call it, mm-hmm. you know, cause we kind of run in the same circle. Uh, to a to a certain extent we're all gamer people with with gamer opinions and have been playing these things for 25 30 years so Mm -hmm. we're absolutely going to be more plugged into no no pun intended plugged into (laughs) (laughs) the the (laughs) genre as a whole and be able to kind of have this conversation so yeah i think you need shorthand for people again you know like like music or hey this is an action movie
2: action movie
1: all movies have action. Like what are you talking right, right. about action? <laughs> it's focused yeah. on action. Well, I really wouldn't want to watch a movie where people stand still and stare at each other. I mean, right. maybe there I, are would. Some an I, got, yeah, I was an art film, maybe an art yeah. film or
0: something, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like alternative rock.
1: Like, yeah, there what you does go. that
0: mean? <laughs> what is that? It's rock, but it's not rock. It's alternative rock. It's like, little- Okay, sure. <laughs> right. It's just the blandest possible. <laughs> anyway. So, Uh, I mean, you asked again a bunch of really interesting questions here with Abzu. I want to kind of walk through those from the bottom up a little bit. So you asked what is a game? That's a question that I've actually seen you ask several times. Yeah. Um, it's certainly an interesting talking point. Maybe there's not a good answer, but like, where are you in that? Like what so you said like what degree of interaction interaction is required for a game. Um I run into a lot of people who will say gaming is the only interactive art form. I think that's bogus. Uh-huh. Uh, dancing is more interactive than games in that you use your entire body. Whereas sure. games, you you don't really, there's a, there's a level of physicality, uh, broadly speaking, with dancing, that's not at all present in, in games. And dancing is absolutely an art form. Sure. That's a very um, good point. Yeah. And I've said that before, you know, and I think that that's interesting. Well, I think we. I don't want to humiliate you, but no, no,
1: but. no. I, listen, I am the rare breed where if someone says something that challenges a preconceived notion of mine, I will think and consider it. and Go, huh? That's I mean, interesting. Yeah.
0: Let me think. On great things about you, I don't know that I, I can admit that about myself. Yeah, so I, I'm, okay like, I'm okay with that. Like,
1: okay, I've said that a bunch of times. Like, video games are only interactive active medium, and I'm like. I'm. I'm. You're right. I'm being very narrow-minded in that thought. All got right, I'm. Uh, I'm not going to agree with you
0: without thinking, but I will definitely right. right. Consider. I uh, see. I mean, maybe conversation. Are considering. Saying, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe people are 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 thinking of the only visual art form, uh, in which you know it's it's highly interactive because mostly video games are compared to movies. We use the term cinematic like it's like we're handing out candy. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. you know, this game is cinematic. It's like a movie. It's like, okay, what does that mean? Uh, rarely, a little more rarely, games compared to music and games compared to literature, right. which are passive uh, consumption uh, forms of art. Um, but yeah, dancing, I again, it come from a culture in which dancing is – Uh, a huge form of communication Mm -hmm. in ancient times. And it's still taught today. Uh, Definitely an art form. Uh, And there's a variety of other crafts and art forms, I think that are interactive Uh, puppetry perhaps comes to mind. Uh, And then like the tactile crafts, weaving um, all that sort of thing. So what, as far as what is, and this is coming back to that question, what is a game Then do you have a good answer for that? I have a, I have
1: a, it's, it's a very challenging question, which is probably why I ask it a lot because it's me still working it out. Um, I think for me, games aren't, games aren't meant to be cinematic. We've added cinematics to games preach, but we, we, (laughs) we've kind of bolted it on as the genre, as the genre has kind of sorry as the medium has moved forward. But mm-hmm. games are play. It's that's that's what games are. Games are another form of play. Uh, when people say that, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of different things. Ga- ga- video gaming was is, was always going to be a thing because when computer enter- computer entertainment showed up, they were always going to use it for play. We use a lot of things for play. So I was just thinking about it. Abzu creates a aquatic sandbox or let's just call it a fish tank it's a reductive term i'm just going to use that for an example i don't believe it's like a fish tank but let's Mm -hmm. say it's an aquatic environment that you can just explore is that play so if i look out the window and i see my son running around in circles in the backyard is he playing Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe he's playing maybe just running around because he's got too much energy or he he snuck a chocolate bar or something i don't know is he is that could would you consider a child just running around the yard playing and to my thinking is well what is he thinking about is he pretending to be an eagle flying around or is he pretending to be a a spy and hiding behind things that to me is play so in it's very hard to kind of do it on the spot because there are so many gray areas but in the Mm. world of abzu yeah, you're playing, you're interacting, you are traversing, you're seeing, you're reacting. That's why I think... It, but there is a fine line because you don't really have full agency of how you play. But then mm, again, okay. video games really don't ever give you full agency. We Full ne- agency, right. We never have full agency of games because that's not possible. You are always working within constraints. Um, right. Nor can you really exercise the imagination really of a game player or a protagonist or whoever you're controlling. Like you could, if you're a kid just running
0: around playing a game, like that's limitless. Right. Well, I even want to say, even in real life, there's rules that right. we have to follow. Right. I mean, like right. he can't fly no. if he wanted to, no, he even cannot. if he's pretending an eagle. the, another question I wanted to ask you though, is say he's not pretending and he's just running around in circles. Is that still play? Or is that's play attached to purpose, intent. It,
1: I and I think that's where the question lies. I would say, just kind of like just thinking without deeply thinking. There's a difference between play and activity. Acti- okay. activity. I think is just kind of running. Or if you're running a race, I wouldn't say you're playing. You are engaging in activity with a comp- with the hope of a competitive result, right? With hope of winning. It's not really playing. But then again, if you're playing baseball, no one ever says you're not playing baseball. You're playing a game. So it's a very hard line. And I think even myself can get really caught up in that question. You know, again, what is a game? Is this a game? Where I think – so I think in the world of Abzu, I think I would qualify it as a game um, Mm -hmm. only because – A, I think definitely towards the end. Because towards the end, you encounter these triangular structures or these almost like bombs. And if you get too close, the bomb explodes. And even though nothing really happens to you, you get shocked and you're 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 paused for a minute, progressing. There's no, I don't think there's any stakes. I don't think it's like get three hit, hit three times, you die or anything. Mm. I don't think.
0: Mm. No, since you so the
1: game is presenting you obstacles to navigate now that's definitely play in my book because you are trying to traverse the puzzles before that you can make the you can make the question so I I, it, I asked the question because I don't have a great answer and I it's one okay. of those questions I think I've been searching for a good answer for a while <laughs> but I think it's also not to use the the evil s word that we sometimes use in these conversations which is of course subjective Um because I think we have to, you can define it. You can define what a game is and what it's not, you know, there is a definition. Yeah. I
0: you know, definitely. I think there's a couple different things there. I mean, I love that, that distinction between activity and game, uh, or activity and play rather, uh, like you could say just drinking water is an activity and that it's an, it's an action. Hydrating is an action. Right. It's kind of hard to think of hydrating being play. Uh, I would tend to lean more towards everything's play than, than not. So like with your examples earlier, if if you're running a race, I think that's play Um, borderline a game. I think if a kid is running around in the backyard just for the heck of it, uh, then that's play as well as an activity. Maybe there's like a three-step tier for me in my brain. Hmm. There's activity at base. Then there's play above that because play requires an activity and then on top of activity and play, there's game. Game, game implies rules, implies systems, implies goals. Perhaps yeah. goals. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. So, like we're playing right now. Like I'm playing Abzu. Are you playing Abzu? I'm not at the not the not at the moment. Oh, <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> no, we're we're playing. Uh, I'm not playing Abzu right I'm now. We're <laughs> playing, and that you and I are participating in a conversation. And there's a goal to every conversation. Sometimes I think conversations lose sight of goals, but the goal is to exchange information, right? And so my goal as one of the participants in this conversation is to explain my thoughts to you, and your goal is to reveal your thoughts to me and see if there's you know any any uh, any dissension or any harmony in between all that. Um, but I think like, there's a lot that we do as adults that play, um, certainly when we go to work and we operate within a certain set of rules, uh, there's penalties <laughs> if you don't follow those rules and then there's potential rewards if you do. Um, same thing for having this conversation though. I think that if we make ourselves clearer, that's part of the unspoken rules of this conversation. If we present ourselves in such a way that it benefits the content that we create, um, that's part of the reward system that's in place in putting together a podcast, whether you're a host or a guest. I think um, when it comes to something like Abzu, though, that is uh, commercial art. Um, I think that you're you're absolutely spot on in that. You said the minds, the minds are a real, definite, clear obstacle uh, to the player, even if that obstacle just means reducing the uh or rather even if that obstacle means forcing you to spend more time in the game than you would mm-hmm. like, cause it stuns mm-hmm. you. Right. Right. Um, therefore preventing you from getting to the end of the game quicker. It's still an obstacle. It's like losing progress in like a platformer, right. Or dying on a boss and having to restart from a save. It's just preventing you from reaching the end of the game sooner. Um, but I think there's other obstacles in Abzu um, that are less material. Um such as figuring out what the heck's going on (laughs) such as like so the game will present you with visual clues in the forms of hieroglyphs and mosaics um about the lore context of abzu and i think there's an there's a game within a game there and that you have to use you know detective skills and and thinking and piecing together all these different clues that you've got mm-hmm. to try and figure out what exactly happened, who you're playing as what a shark represents mm-hmm. what this represents, what that represents, mm-hmm. what the machine is and that sort of thing. And there's definitely a game there as well. Um, so I don't know. I think that there, I definitely think in my view, Abzu is a game. I agree with that. I, I agree okay. with that, especially given towards the late game
1: stuff. Um, I just think sometimes that defi- that definition can be rather broad. Yeah. Like you brought up um, being at work and trying to, you know, solve puzzles. Like I said earlier mm-hmm. in the episode with the, the gentleman I, I spoke to who who learned how to solve puzzles through the Legend of Zelda, solving puzzles could be could be seen as a game, but I think I don't think you would if you ask somebody, "Hey, when you go to work, you planned a game?" most people would probably say, "No, I'm working." Right, um, and then the question comes: Where is definition? Is it's is a game done for leisure? But then you mm-hmm. look at a professional athlete; they're playing a game, and they're not right. just doing it for leisure. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, a, no. A, no. So I, that's why I think it's a very interesting conversation, um, especially back into the world of video games, which were intended to be games. They're with objectives and systems and goals. Whether it's a you know, high score or get to the end. And now we're in this world where the games have melded with cinema and with cinematic um, language, you know, know, language of cinema, not to get too high and mighty about it. Now that games have melded with that, which Abzu absolutely does. And this is a very Uh cinematic experience that you are playing through. That's what those kind of lines blur. And that's in my show. It's the question is, well, where does it fall? Then is it interactive cinema? Is are games just interactive cinema? Can they? Um. Again, in the, in the world of Abzu, I definitely think it is a game. I don't think that's that's into up to too much debate. Um, yeah. But there's gonna be games in my series like Dear Esther. I'm not sure if you've played that game before, um, but Dear Esther is basically literally a walking simulator. You just walk. There's you can't pick up anything. You can't open a door. You walk, and you experience. And then you're done. (laughs) So that's going to be a very interesting conversation. Is that a game? There's literally no interactivity other than the sound of your footsteps. And you you can't run. You walk at one speed the whole game. it's not a game I particularly like. But regardless of that, it's – so I guess that's the the question, right? And I guess there's no great answer for me just yet or definitive, I should say. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because every time I try to craft a thought process around it, a piece of hole comes in there, like well, you know, baseball players play games, hockey players, right, play right, games. right. Like, Damn it! I need <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, again, it's a, it's a hard thing to reach for, but um, I yeah. think
0: it's still an interesting question to chat about. I think you can't pin it on fun, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, you can't say this is no. a game because it's fun, or this is play because it's fun. Well, fun is extremely because, subjective. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, you've played
1: Monopoly. I love Monopoly. Shush. I think I <laughs> that- adore Monopoly. Are you kidding me? I've played like basketball. I don't like basketball. Okay, okay, I- there you
0: go. <laughs> there are some people that really don't enjoy Monopoly. Oh yeah. My, I wife, hates do. my wife hates oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah. I think I enjoy it most in my family. Um, but it's one of those games that kinda has that that uh, that stereotypical response of like Monopoly, I'd rather fall asleep on the couch, you know, doing nothing uh there's games in which it seems like you do nothing desert bus came to mind when you're talking about uh dear esther uh where you desert bus is just you drive from was it la to vegas Yep. uh, in real time yep and you can't just let the the bus drift or you go off the road so maybe more fundamental than and obviously that's not fun but it's still a game and I think it's a game because there's there's still a purpose like you remember when we were kids and our parents would be like, are you winning, son? Or they'd ask, did you win, you know, the final boss or did you win the boss or did you win the game? Right. Um, my parents would ask. And as I got older, I was like, how do you win this game? But I think every game has a either a clear or not so clear purpose towards a specific goal maybe that's part of what is a requirement like desert bus. You don't do barely anything and it's not fun, but -hmm. there's a goal dear Esther, if you're walking in a, in a direction, every line has to come to an end at some point. If you started it, you started at one point, Mm -hmm. eventually it'll end. So there's some sort of either stated or understated purpose in dear Esther. And maybe that's, because once you have a goal, then you have, okay, how do I get there? And that question brings up systems, brings up rules. Mm-hmm. You can only move so fast and Dear Esther. You cannot do this. Rules by negative,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: So you, you can't do this. You can't do that. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's a framework of what is game. I think it, I think that's pretty good. And I also think... Yeah,
1: but then you get into the conversation. If you want to go into another rabbit hole, I mean, feel free. Let's jump into this one. I don't know if we have time, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it, it's then what qual? If if there is an end game, what does it mean to to finish a game or beat a game? Right? Mm-hmm. Do you have to interact with it in order to fin- finish the game? Do you have to play by the rules of the game in order to finish the game? Like, can I just use Game Genie and say I beat the game? You'll get a lot right. of people who say no, you can. not Maybe you right. finished the game,
0: you complete the game, but did you? You did not conquer the game. Okay, um, I, here's a here's a here's a quick answer. Go for it. If you cheat at a game, it does not make it intrinsically not a game. True. It just means true, that true. you cheated. So, like, if totally. I cheat in chess and beat somebody in two turns, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can do that without cheating. But no, if no, I, I did that I by cheating, then that doesn't make chess not a game, right? That just right. makes my experience. Uh, invalid whatever you want to call it obviously there's speed running using glitches sure there's sure. game genie like you mentioned uh but there's still the express purpose and one thing gaming doesn't like to talk about apparently is uh the intended experience that's the yeah
1: or well, I, I that's really yes that that's correct that's the intended experience as per the developer which you know it's yeah the intended experience or i would say non-optimal you know like you did it through a a non-optimal method um i don't know yeah i I would say yeah against against developer intent would be probably the the way i would pin that one but i agree i agree in that
0: even in that dude you're creating a meta game i mean we've heard of meta gaming not oh sure not meta but like a game that is not the intended purpose that you've created through playing the game incorrectly, that's speed running in a lot of sure. ways. That's great. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that creates its own form of play. Um, same thing with game genie or just like cheating at a game, modding a game as mm-hmm. another one. Now as a, as a member of the master race, I can't even say it with a screen. <laughs> <laughs> now that I have a PC yeah. starting to check out mods. I'm like, okay, so this completely changes i've been as an artist and as a critic i've been about the intended experience my entire life uh and now thinking about okay how do i break that is just a is completely foreign to me that won't ever overlap with my critic uh with my critical studies of games i think but i'm fascinated at the things that people do to mod a game yeah i think that's pretty fair and i i, I
1: modding is a great example right you're taking a Creative work that was given to you, you know, or presented to you that you purchased or whatever, and you're using your own skills or somebody else's skills to modify that to something more. Like I played, for example, I played Fallout New Vegas, I think it was last year, the year before. I spent a day modding the 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 heck out of Fallout New Vegas. I modded that thing to the to the gills because I wanted the little slice of life upgrades or sorry, quality of life upgrades it presented. You know, I wanted a proper weapon wheel i wanted the text to be a certain way so i think that's that's different but i think again going back to the core conversation of what is a game um i think you i guess and i think one of the one of your commenters mentioned this where it is a it is an experience like it is sorry it's an interactive experience if you can interact with it like no one would ever say a movie's a game right not no one's gonna say that um I think I think what we're kind of landing on here is that interactivity is the definition of a game. Just like if my son is running around the backyard pretending to be a soldier or a knight, you know, he's Mm -hmm. hiding behind trees. He's picking up sticks to pretend they're weapons and such. He's playing. But him just running around in circles is not that it's activity. That's why he can't do in the house. He can play inside the house. He ain't allowed to run around in circles. That's so not play. That's activity. <laughs> that's just locomotion <laughs> because your because your brain is doing weird things. And you just have to do yeah. that,
0: right? <laughs> so I think interesting. And,
1: and I and I, I don't even know if goal even requires for that to be honest. Because you can I play with my kid all the time, and I know. I know there are games. There is no end game. There is no goal right, to right, this right. game. I, the, the the goal is for
0: me to stop it when it's time for bed. Uh, that's goal, right? <laughs> um, I mean, the goal in the kid's mind might be to play, which yeah, is interesting. That's true. Like, that's a very like that's to, kind of like
1: recursive kind of yeah. Okay, uh-huh, right. Uh-huh.
0: The experience itself might be the goal. Yeah, because uh, I know yeah. I'll play with my kids sometime and they want to like you know talk with action figures. And they automatically break it down to this is the bad guy. This is the mm-hmm. good guy. And they like, okay, how do we structure as a writer? I'm like, what's the third act going to be like? <laughs> you know, maybe this good guy is going to be the actual villain. <laughs> it. But they're not working towards a climax. They're They're right. not working towards, you know, descending action or anything like that. They're just experience to have the experience yeah is the is the purpose yeah uh, kids are weird man yeah man. When think about it yeah and
1: i guess yeah. you could say the same for games just to have the experience that it's an again for an sure. interactive experience that might just be enough right
0: some of the games that don't end Probably. Yeah. Oh, sure. You know, people Just play to you know, have that experience.
1: I know my, my, you know, you play, are you still playing final fantasy 14? I don't know if you Heck are. No, I am not. <laughs> no. No. He
0: stopped.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stop. You're done. Yeah. Oh, you, you punched yeah. out. that one. Okay. Yeah, I uh, punched out. Yeah. My, my brother-in-law played world of Warcraft for years and years and years, you know, and that's a yeah. game that doesn't end,
0: you know? So yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, okay. So with Abzu though, uh, I'm comfortable saying it's a walking simulator, but I think it also has other uh, traits to it. Sure. Coming, coming through it again just now, uh, I was thinking it's really an adventure game. Um, you yeah. actually you do acquire uh, items, and I'm making that motion with my two fingers on either hand. <laughs> yeah. uh, you do require those little submersibles in order to unlock new areas to move through the game. It's essentially an adventure game. It's exploration-based. Uh, there's a little bit of acquisition involved and you have a very few uh, items or objects that uh, open up the barriers to the next area. So like the chains that that you can roll up that'll unlock doors and gates and that sort of thing. And uh, the goal is just reach the end of it. And there's a couple of hazards. But I I think we're so used to seeing the adventure genre uh, merged with RPGs That, um, eh, you know, uh, it can be, it can be a little tricky kind of sorting out the difference, but I feel like that's what Abzu is. It's just a basic adventure game with a lot of exploration in it. And, um, so much so that people are like, they'll play and they'll be like, is this an art game? like every game is sure. an art game what the well, heck is art game <laughs> yeah i know it's
1: kind of i know well you know i think you've mentioned this too before is every game has elements of art in it but not every game is art you know like, right
0: right there it, that's my distinction dude you listen to what i do thank you very i much. do Thanks. i i uh, listen you're amazing
1: i pay attention and i think that's a very <laughs> interesting concept that you mentioned is because i do agree every game has artistic elements but Let's be honest. Not every game has a high-level artistic <laughs> quality to it, that based on right. off based off of objective standards. Because we're human beings who live in a world where things are good and bad. And so yeah, Ooh, oh, marry me. It's kind of where we're here. We're here. <laughs> 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 uh, taken, my friend. Taken. Taken. But um, <laughs> yeah, man. I saw. I, I I agree. I think I agree with a, a lot of that, man. I do.
0: Yeah. I. You know, it's it's funny to me when. Like if you think cinematic is egregious, uh, it's funny to me that like people will be like, Oh yeah, Greece, uh, that's an art game. Abzu, an art game, Journey, an art game. Mario Paint's not an art game. Wow. It's like what, what it totally is an art game. <laughs> that's, like, that's if you point. say if anything is an art game as like a, a classification, maybe one of the most useless classifications, art game. But if anything's an art game, it's gonna have to be a game in which you literally do art, and that's Mario Paint. I'm yeah. sorry, folks. Yeah, that's that's the whole
1: that's the whole point of you know, yeah, building we're creating using,
0: art. If we're using art game to just mean it's beautiful, then we've failed the term art game. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many games out there that are are beautiful that I would I, I again that is a weird. It's yeah, it's a very weird um, classification. I don't I don't yeah. know where where it kind of comes from and i see where people say oh it's an art game again we're gonna we'll do shorthand but even as a shorthand because we all kind of know what people mean you know the commonality of language right they mean a game like a journey or a a game like maybe even shadow of the colossus they consider an art game it's like well no that's an action puzzle game like that's not a yeah it's gorgeous it's beautiful like i want prints and paintings of those colossus colossi but art game i don't know and I think a lot yeah. of times they they they'll, they'll um, combine the walking sim with that art game. It's like, well, it's again, it's it's visually impressive and it's telling its story through visuals. Every game does that, <laughs> right? Right? I mean, right. Every, they're all doing the same thing. So, I, yeah. know, I and it's
0: as a shorthand, it's a weird one. Like it is. And art game seems to be like I've heard people use it negatively like walking sim sure uh but art game seems to be whatever it is like the just slow no dialogue uh, you know cryptic in that sense um and and it's just like it highlights a lot of interesting visuals but it's like it's so nebulous at that point that i i personally don't think it's a useful definition no. unless it's for a game like again mario paint or was it that uh the dreams game where you're doing like actual like art again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so Yemi the ferret on Twitter said we should classify it as an experience. I uh, love that. And he said especially with Morgan Freeman behind the mic. <laughs> you totally see Morgan Freeman and this is a humuhumu humu nuku nuku apuaa. <laughs> Let me just say any game that has the Hawaiian state fish in it is a game that I enjoy. Is that the um, Hawaiian state fish? That's the Hawaiian state that's fish. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, yes. Okay. Also known as the reef trigger fish, which I believe was the name that they use for, for yep. the fish. Do you have a favorite fish bill to have a favorite fish? Um, <laughs> since they're <laughs> since they live in the water i
1: try to just like pretend they don't exist i oh, wow no I don't, i'm kidding i don't really care i <laughs> i oh, i should ask my son he definitely has a favorite fish probably would be the octopus for will i like octop- octopus is not a fish bill, bill. what what oh is octopus it, a, is is it a, mollusk? a fish is it yes. a mollusk oh it is a mollusk okay um so i can't then say a giant squid i guess is probably a mollusk yeah too, then. okay i yeah, know you That's really a,
0: don't like the ocean. Huh? I, no,
1: I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, sharks are cool, I guess. Let me think. What? Well, hang on. Let me think. of. Oh, um, please tell me that manta rays are fish. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. They're fish. I'll, I'll yeah. say manta ray. They're really cool. I was just thinking about the aquarium cool. that my son and I go to once, once a quarter. So there you go. Yeah. Let's say man, I'll go manta ray. Final answer. I think
0: they're uh, cartilaginous fish. Is that how you say it? They have cartilage I, instead of bones. I think so they I, might. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that much about manta rays. They probably don't even taste that good, and that is the base level of interest that I have in fish. You know how little how I, good they taste.
1: You know how little <laughs> I like the ocean. I'm even allergic to shellfish. That's how much my body <laughs> is designed to to loathe the sea. <laughs>
0: that's kind of that's messed up. That messed oh, up. I, I, it's fine. Oh man, I I I weep for you. The walrus said. I deeply sympathize. As I the, like fish. All, I all just the oysters. I
1: can't. No oysters. Right out. No. No, yeah. I found very, I actually, very quick I don't aside. Like either, quick aside, my, we found that my son is allergic to shrimp.
0: Ah, uh, it's that hereditary.
1: It must be. We found out the hard way. Wow. The hard way. How dare you? Not great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pollute our gene pool. How and dare he it? likes it. He, he's like, oh, man, this uh, is great. And then his
1: face starts breaking out in hives.
0: Uh, ah, yeah. how sad. I wonder if they'll, yeah, they need to cure that crap with yeah. today.
1: You yeah. can evidently. We went to the allergist. Oh, really? Yeah, he had a whole bunch of tests okay. done and scratch tests, and they're like, "Yeah, you can cure it if he wants to take injections for the next five years and not uh, miss one a week." Uh, and like, uh, uh, yeah.
0: that's expensive, right
1: no, there. I just I need okay. a tricorder. Just put a tricorder on his like back, and I'll Star
0: Trek. Let's just fix this up that way. Wow, there you go. That's my. Hope. Uh, nice swim sim. Uh, swimulator. <laughs> Uh, you know, there, yeah, those are, those are great tongue in cheek definitions, but I read the developers de-emphasize simulating swimming, mm-hmm. uh, focusing instead, uh, simulating swimming. That's hard to say. Yeah. Focusing instead on creating a game with a movement system that was fun to play, um, which I appreciate, yeah. you know, so it's Smart. less I'm mean, because swimming is hard. Straight. Yeah. It's not, it's, it, it's a, it's not easy.
1: And it's, it's, I want not say it's not fun. People love swimming. My son goes to swim lessons every, every week. He's learning to swim and he loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not for me. And I, I much prefer easier traversal. Again, this is a game. Hey, we've decided it's a game. This is a, this is not meant to simulate the challenge of swimming. Cause yeah, like if you're swimming, it takes you a little while to get going. There's probably going to have to be a a meter for your endurance because you can't just do the forward crawl forever. It's or however it, you swim underwater. I don't swim. Um, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, I don't swim. Uh, but yeah, I I I'd much prefer easier tra- traversal than than having to wrestle with swimming controls. That's nah, not that's not what I'm here for. And it was a very wise decision just to make it easier to move around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. It has a kind of uh, idealized swimming to it. It's like the perfect swimmer is what you're playing as. Uh, And we'll get to that in a minute, who the diver is. But Film Law Whatever on Twitter said, in the micro niche that is underwater diving games, what's your favorite? Nothing topped the first endless ocean on Wii for me, although I enjoy Abzu as well, such as zen experience. And Carrie86 asks, how does it compare to Subnautica? So a question I put forth to people was, uh, you know, name and, uh, a game that takes place completely underwater and there's some cheating going on. Yep. Okay. Cause <laughs> 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 I do not, not to call people out, but, uh, here I go. Um, what is it? One of my people I love interacting with. Where is he at? There he is Uh cactus, uh, cactus core. On Twitter, asked is Bioshock cheating? So he knew, you know. Yeah, me. yeah. The, the whole game takes underwater; it takes place underwater, in that it's in an underwater setting. But the character itself isn't actually underwater. So does that count or not, Bill? Um,
1: wow, that's a very good question. I would say no, and here's why. Um, the reason it doesn't count because if you squint at it, you're it doesn't being underwater, with the exception of a few sections that are kind of scripted sections in Bioshock where a pipe bursts or a tube burst and water floods in. Um being underwater does not affect your range of motion or or your um your abilities to to combat. It really all it is is a setting as opposed to something you need to really interact with. Whereas in Abzu, you need to swim. That is what you do in that game. And it's not like you're walking around on the floor of the, you know, on the, on the, on the beat, you know, on the floor of the sea, like you have to swim to engage in it. So I would say Bioshock is not an underwater game, even though the setting is underwater. Um, Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's off the top of my head. And I probably, I could be convinced otherwise, but uh, cause that game structurally from a, from a mechanics point of view could be above ground, below ground, in a cave, in a sewer, in a subway, like, you're still just walking around with the gun shooting things, and that makes me sound very, um, very reductive of a game I love, so please don't take it as that, because I adore Bioshock. It might be my favorite video game series, with the exception of Infinite, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would.
0: Yeah. And ABXY and I got into it based off of that Bioshock question, um, and I... You know, he's like the character is underwater, the same as a submarine officer is underwater when submersed. And I said, the submarine is submersed underwater, but the officer isn't or he'd drown. It's like the difference between flying in an airplane and skydiving out of one. Uh, And he's like, so if you're in a rocket ship, you haven't been in space. And I asked, am I in outer space? Because Earth is. I've already been in space since I live on this planet, which is in space. So the, <laughs> wow. I feel like sometimes language just doesn't have enough specificity yeah, to serve no, it, a conversation yeah. like that. I mean, in English
1: English is a very g- general language. You know, we encapsulate lots of different words into one word. Like if you study like the Bible for instance, I think it's five or six, oh, excuse me. I think it's five or six words for love
0: in, right, our, right, right, in yeah. Hebrew. We have one. Yeah, to yeah.
1: describe all the love ever yeah, the is Greek, or ever was
0: or Greek. Rather. Yeah, Thank the you. Greek, the Greek language. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. And I, I want to say I discovered one. Cause people are always like, oh, there's five, and I was like, ah, Xenia. There's Xenia in there, which is uh, love of strangers, hospitality. Oh, okay, um, I didn't know that one. Okay, I wasn't yeah, the five. Don't, they don't ever talk about Xenia huh. for some reason. Poor I do Xenia, know. but. It, <laughs> Poor Xenia, <laughs> but it plays into, um, a, a recurring folkloric idea. The idea of a stranger visiting, mm-hmm. uh, your, your home and it ends up being somebody important like an angel or a fairy or a God or something like that. That's cool. And so you're sort of tested on your love for strangers. Um, anyway, who oh, coming back to, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> bringing <laughs> it back, bringing yeah. it back, bringing it, it back, reeling in, uh, abzu yeah there's a lot of games that take place underwater i can't think of many um abzu is probably my favorite um song of the sea was good mm-hmm. um i love in the hunt uh, an arcade uh submersible shooter would you what about you would, yeah. would you would you consider echo to dolphin yeah i would yeah yeah, I mean you're freaking dolphin. You're a dolphin. I hate that game though. So it's, no, it's not good at all. son of my my <laughs> No, I'm
1: just I'm just thinking games that would be considered like an underwater game, and like yeah. even like Subnautica, for example. I, but Subnautica, even though you are piloting a submarine underwater, and I've never played it, so forgive me if I'm just wrong on that. But even though you're piloting exclusively underwater, the the thing or the character or the vehicle you're using. Is underwater and is subject to the rules of water, right? So yeah. I think in that's that,
0: mechanically underwater. It's right, mechanically underwater. It. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I think in that regard, like Subnautica would be an underwater game. Um Makes sense. Yeah, but just again with, with Bioshock, your your character is not he, he is physically in space as per the setting of Bioshock, but it has no bearing on mechanics or how the game plays. It could be you're basically just in a city, in a town that is constantly dripping. So, you know, you're underwater, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how
0: I, that's how I would say it. It's a good question though. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. I think, uh, what about environmental storytelling? How would you define environmental storytelling? Cause as we were piecing together earlier, it seems like there's a bit of, well, again, we're all using layman terms here, so you yep. can't blame anybody. No, uh, but it seems like there's some confusion on, what exactly environmental storytelling means, how would you define it? Um, Environmental storytelling is, I think, so let me just back up
1: a little bit. I think there are very few games that rely 100% on environmental storytelling. Yes. Um, I would would say very very few, maybe none. Um, So every game has elements of it. And then the question is, what games do environmental storytelling well to augment the experience? Um, Environmental storytelling to me, is is walking into a space in a game, whether it's a bedroom or a large cavern or a city or whatever it is, and be able to learn about the story and the environment just through the items strewn throughout, just through the elements of the environment itself. So I don't mm-hmm. think environmental storytelling or audio logs. That's not environmental storytelling. That is a story. That's audio storytelling. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's not through, certainly not dialogue. Certainly not through interactions. Certainly not through combat. Um, Mm -hmm. Environmental is walking into a room and seeing, again, I'll I'll just use Bioshock as as an example. Walking into a room and seeing a corpse on the bed surrounded by pills. And Mm -hmm. what that is, is that it's a beautiful little bit of microfiction that the immersive sim does so beautifully well, which is why I love that genre. Um, the immersive sim allows for that is a little bit of flavor. Um, environmental storytelling is just flavor. You should be able to just turn off the sound, turn off the subtitles, and walk through the game and be able to pick up at least the vibe of it. Like, maybe not the specifics of the story, who Andrew Ryan is, who you know, who Jack is, all the rest of it, but learn about the environment through um, the environment. Learn about the story through the environment. Um, and I think games that are more sparse, like a journey, have to lean more heavily on that. And This game has to because that's all you have is the environment. Mm-hmm. You have a voiceless protagonist. There is no real antagonist other than shark. the shark. shark ain't saying anything. Um, <laughs> so this game has to really do that to get across its story. I will be honest with you. Um, I didn't get a ton of the story through this. I was just enjoying being in the environment and playing in the fishbowl not to be, Mm -hmm. you know, not to be reductive again. Um, So I didn't get a lot of the subtext for it, but I didn't really care. I kind of uh, abandoned it. Like, I don't know why I'm in this temple touching this orb. I don't know what this person has this little thing, does a thing with. I'm not getting this, but I'm okay because I know there's probably something else here and I'm not getting it and... I'm still just enjoying the experience of traversal. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say. Environmental storytelling is—it's environmental storytelling is um, learning the story of a particular game through the environment and the people you find within it. That does not rely on audio logs or conversations or even action. Um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of yeah. my loose definition.
0: I I would agree with that. I think that reliance is the difficulty there right because so a lot of people mentioned games where there's obviously dialogue there's obviously characters exp- expo- expositing, expositing Uh expounding exp- on uh on, on various uh things that are happening in the game there's narration even um one thing that's really kind of become a thing that i'm sort of on the fence about in games is is you picking up little items that have uh, like miniature wikipedia articles attached to them. So oh, it's like yeah, in the middle of a dungeon you have to stop and read like three paragraphs. Uh-huh. I don't yeah. know that that's effective storytelling, never mind actually environmental storytelling. But I think it's it's as it sounds, it's storytelling through the environment. You you picked out some great examples in Abzu. I think Abzu is a game that does rely heavily on environmental storytelling because you could see that by the absence of other forms of direct communication and so there are rooms that you swim through which will have mosaics uh depicting things that happened in the past and we'll get to that here in a bit um as far as how to interpret and you know what is the meaning of abzu um but i think that yeah this game journey uh, a game like flower um conveys its meaning primarily through its setting through its its passive environment um it's a beautiful thing when it's done well um a lot of people will cite metroid but again there are a lot of great examples that were listed here um and also a friend of ours online the salt is unreal said probably the serene atmosphere was something that he loved most, loved the environment, felt like taking a nice, relaxing dive. And it certainly does. Yeah, I, This yeah. game is all yeah. about atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as best examples of environmental storytelling, um, Elden Ring, Fallout, Axiom Verge, Hollow Knight, Left 4 Dead, Breath of the Wild, Dark Souls, Shadow of the Colossus, Outer Wilds, No Man's Sky, Skyrim. Silent Hill, Horizon Zero Dawn, Portal, Grease, Flower, and Mist were all mentioned among many others. And a couple of those, you know, based on what we just discussed, a couple of those, I think, rely on environmental storytelling less Mm -hmm. than others because they've got things like dialogue and text and item descriptions and lore descriptions and exposition. Um, The game that I mentioned was Another World. Um, also known as out of this world, which yep. barely has any any text or dialogue in it at all. Another so one another one I would probably
1: include in there uh, is like hyperlight drifter.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: might, yeah. might bit me in there. Those are all pretty good examples. everything. Uh, I would say different degrees, like even yes. fallout, um, as much as I adore the fallout series. Um, mm-hmm. it does it has elements of um, environmental storytelling. again, like this little the little micro fiction. That you can mm-hmm. walk into a room, this broken down room, and you see like a bunch of computers in there. It's like, okay, clearly this was an office building at some point. Now, no one told you it's an office building, but based on what you know of the world, of the world we live in, that's an office building. Cool. Oh, wow, there were people who was working here. Oh, wow, this computer, they were in the middle of an email and then they got nuked. You know, like All those kind of really cool, again, environmental stuff is all the flavor. But you get games like, like this game and, and Journey um and they flower probably for a good example those games require it you know where a lot of these games hollow knight has has some really good um environmental storytelling but you're also getting the story through text and like you were saying so all these games here have some really good
0: examples of it but um i wouldn't say completely lean on it right 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 yeah two degrees makes a lot of sense for sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's the it's the spring it's the salt sprinkle. You know, it's just the it's the uh, <laughs> sprinkles on the cake, right? If Fallout didn't have um, environmental storytelling, or if Bioshock didn't have that, it would be a lesser experience. But it would still be a, a fine experience without it. It's just that stuff that makes it special, as opposed to just you know a game.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, and here as we move towards a close uh symbology and the the thing that maybe interested me the most in playing a game that's named after a babylonian deity uh and a sumerian cosmic concept so there's a lot going on here a mixture of different ideas uh i would be interested in hearing what is what is your view bill on like what happened uh what happened in in this uh, in this in this world, and like, what does it mean? I again, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna be embarrassingly basic uh, because
1: I, oh, man, I wish I was more in tune with a lot of those motifs than I am. I as I was exploring it, I was really thinking, okay, well, you know, obviously, what's going on? What happened to this world? How come I'm in this now? One section that's clearly polluted and gross, um, and I really just kind of landed. On at some point this world because again it was very strange because parts of the world were very bright, vibrant and alive and living and then at other points it was very you know dead and dying like clearly around these uh, mechanical structures you know these basically these kind of buildings that you went into um, honestly none of it made a ton of sense to me <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> that's just i I apologize I wish I had better thoughts on it um, it just seemed to me like a a hero going through this, uh, through this world, and as you move on, you realize that you're you're piloting a robot. You're piloting an actual uh, a robot. That's which is why you can't get hurt. You can't really die from the explosions and things like that. But um, I just saw it as a as a mission to um, purge these areas from whatever poison was seeping through them. Um, there were again, there was no real conflict getting there but I guess that wasn't really the point. I did not get yeah. the idea of the temples and all of that and the little globe of light that comes from the creature. Um, I wish I could be more specific. So I just kind of took it at face value. I guess that's the best way yeah. I could describe it as this kind of adventure as our robot friend progressed toward the end game. Um, there was more and more obstacles in its way. Um, I definitely enjoyed the, um, the relationship between him and the shark. I thought that was really interesting and good uh, towards the end of the game. Um, the shark sacrifices uh, him or herself to to let you escape, you know, or let you um, yeah, basically escape. It's a really sad scene when the shark passes. His like, eyes yes. roll back in his head like, wow, yeah. that was really tough. Um, so I kind of appreciate it as just kind of going through this very strange journey and not thinking too much about it. And I think that might be to the game's credit where the game doesn't require you to think that much of it, because I certainly didn't. And I'm reading through a lot of your notes here. I'm like, wow, I didn't catch any of those. And I'm fascinated. And I really want to hear what
0: (laughs) Brett has to say about them.
1: (laughs) But for me, here's the
0: thing. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, here's the thing, though. I don't think you need to feel pressured to get all that on a first playthrough. Mm. You can play through this game a bunch of times. And I'm going to tell you, almost all this stuff did not leap out at me even though like my background in education is in comparative religion and theology, but like I didn't figure out this whole game and I don't think I've figured it out entirely, but I did not figure out this entire game on the first playthrough. I just don't think this game is designed for that. Like you said.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Again, I I kind of took it at more face value, just enjoying this kind of this journey and seeing where this character ends up and being very, very happy on, I'm not going to say a, basic level but on a base level which is not necessarily a bad thing we, we sometimes use basic as a as a pejorative but it doesn't have to be like i enjoyed watching the the gross waters around those till temples come to life and i enjoyed watching the manta rays poom out of the water <laughs> and then i got to ride on an orca that's amazing i don't like the water i like orcas though orcas are cool they're a thumbs up in my book so just having that experience was was fun for me. So I again I but it's very cool that these motifs are here. So I'd love to hear you um, chat about them a bit.
0: Bifrost Bridge Studios is the creative architect behind the Gaias Seed graphic novel universe, blending artificial intelligence, neurodiversity, and science fiction. Bifrost, a transmedia company, has now turned its focus towards Patreon, looking to beef up its crowdfunding campaign through digital and physical rewards, up to and including original custom retro gaming hardware. Bifrost has been a real boss, supporting and sponsoring the Wednesday giveaways that I do weekly on stream at twitch.tv forward slash thewellreadmage. If you're looking for more of that sweet, sweet gold, check out patreon.com forward slash Bifrostbridge bridge studios link in the description. Okay. So let me know if any of this sounds completely off the wall. I did read up a little bit on it, but I feel like there's enough here to try to put things together. Again, they named the game after a specific thing mm-hmm. in myth in mythological history. So you can kind of do a little bit of light research on that. Um, so Abzu, um, comes from uh, two sources, Sumerian and Babylonian. In Babylonian, it's a deity. Uh, It was the god of fresh water. Uh, For the Sumerians, Abzu was uh, this kind of primeval sea or cosmic ocean um, that represents, as far as I know, uh, even in other religions as well, even Christianity uh, and Judaism, uh, this kind of uh, pre-extant mass uh, or pre-extant matter, if not matter, pre-extant just space. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in Genesis, right, the spirit of God hovered, brooded over the the waters, right? And so waters are there primarily a like sort of primeval ocean. Um, and so that's Abzu, right? And Abzu is male. Hmm.
2: Um,
0: the counterpart of Abzu is Tiamat, which also appears in... A lot of uh, Final Fantasies, Final Fantasy yep. fans would know of Tiamat as well. Oh, yeah. T- Tiamat, as a counterpart for this god of fresh water, uh, Tiamat is a goddess of salt water. A lot of the tracks in the soundtrack for Abzu are like in Latin. They're like they're like uh, they're like the, the 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 technical names for creatures. Like Architeuthis is in here, and that's like giant squid.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay. But one of the latter tracks is their waters were mingled together, which this idea of these two creation deities in ancient religions, Abzu and Tiamat, uh, coming together to create life. And so this idea of salt water and freshwater meeting and creating life. As you go through the game, what are you doing? You're creating life. Yeah, it's true you reach these towers in which you go down into water underwater. And I'm like, why, mm-hmm. why is there water underwater? And mm-hmm. my kids ask me, they're watching today. Like, daddy, why is there water underwater? I'm like, just accept it. That's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah, There's no explanation. Um, it could be possible that, that, that kind of spiritual realm realm, that water underwater is abzu as, as, as space, that cosmic ocean, um, or representation of that uh, but as you go down into it you pass on from yourself the diver into you know this blob uh, this small sphere that looks like a, a nucleus or something like that going mm-hmm. on into that and then it springs out these spectral creatures and they'll be you know whale sharks manta rays squid whatever uh, I think the other ones are orcas yep. but then when you come back out of the tower right then life kind of explodes in that in that region um so tiamat i think is the diver um here's another tip with that is when you start start the game uh, i think the starting diver suit has an inverted triangle on the back right pointing down
2: Hmm. uh
0: that appears to be and i was trying to find where does this come from because i'd heard this before and that's the thing people put footnotes in your dang articles (laughs) please is uh the inverted triangle is a symbol is a feminine symbol Um, I think it comes from Christian mysticism with like, uh, the Holy grail, the idea of the chalice, Mm. um, being like a, like a cup, again, an inverted triangle, Mm -hmm. um, a symbol of the womb as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so a feminine symbol that's on the back of the diver. So I think the diver represents Tiamat and I think the shark represents Abzu represents that space, but also the deity itself. Um, and you kind of have their a uh, counterpart really too. Now, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was thinking about it as I was playing through this game. Uh, this is a family-friendly podcast. What I'm about to say is not graphic or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily something you would say at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think Abzu is a sexual uh, game. Hmm. I don't think it's a sexy game. No, there's a difference. Yes. Video games don't often sort out that difference. But no, no. Yeah. But I think it's a sexual game in that you've got a an entity representing the female and an entity representing the male uh, coming together there at the end with this climactic choir music mm-hmm. called their waters were mingled together. And there you're like piercing or penetrating a bunch of these inverted triangle shapes, Mm -hmm. right. That are attached to each other. My wife actually looked at one of them and she's like, you know how like the, the main triangle is attached to these smaller triangles that are kind of like floating up on the sides. Mm -hmm. She's like, Hey, that kind of looks like a uterus. And I was like, "Eh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that, um, which would totally, that would totally jive with the myth itself. Um, I think it would totally jive with the the naming of the song, but it's done in not a, I mean, you know, sexual, I think is in many circles is considered like a dirty thing, a dirty word, right. and, you sure. know, it's taboo and you don't talk about it in mixed company and all that stuff. Um, but I think Abzu handles uh, rather adult themes in very uh, austere and respectful and elegant ways. Uh, through its various motifs and themes and symbology in such a way that you <laughs> couldn't be less raunchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, another thing is once you beat the game, you get a second suit that uh, lets you speed through the water a little quicker with mm-hmm. a boost. Uh, and that has a Nautilus spiral shell uh, at the bottom or uh, on the back of it in place of the triangular motif. Um, so you mentioned earlier, the diver is a robot it appears in one of the hieroglyphs that, and this is very much like what happened in journey as well. Uh, so a thematic parallels there, but the, an a kind of energy source was discovered within the planet. I believe that to be Abzu True. Um, and the people harvested it and they used it to create, you know, their civilization. Um, and then they created a machine that would, you know, be its caretaker essentially. And that is the diver. It shows the diver, With the triangle motif on one of the hieroglyphs, Mm. hieroglyphs, hieroglyphs, not trying to be fancy here, hieroglyphs. (laughs) Uh, And then after that, there's sort of like a cataclysm that happens. And then you see the shark motif. The shark seems to be a primeval guardian Mm -hmm. of Abzu, whereas uh, the diver Tiamat seems to be a modern, uh, in their terms, a technological guardian for this thing. Uh, and that that affords the conflict that caused all of the, the uh, misfortune that happened in in this universe. Um, but the idea of the spiral shell, right? Cycular, repeating, hmm. and ancient. And when you go to that under-the-water water for the first time and there's this elegant spectral cathedral, above it there's a giant nautilus. And so I think it's this idea of of passing through – these areas uh, as the diver and kind of going through, you know, seeing what has lived and what has died along with that motif is the seasons as well. Mm. So you remember that bright orange, uh, very autumnal area. Yeah. In Mm -hmm. Abzu. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. After that, there's the abyssal plain where you go down to the very bottom of the ocean. It's very bare. Mm -hmm. But before that, there's a vibrant, very fruit like, Area And then yeah. before that, there's a very green area. So I think as well as seasons, the cycle of birth and death, that would have been very much a part of ancient religion because they're like, okay, like what's happening? Is this winter ever going to end? And right. Life of course comes back. So um, I think that, yeah, Abzu is really about uh, birth, the cycle of life and death. Uh, it's about um, restoring this, this balance of nature, if you like, I think it's less clear than in, in journey journey. It seems like they really want you to see this is what happened. But whereas you play as the wanderer in journey that doesn't have a specific uh, character or personality. I think that the diver in Abzu is very much uh, an important character in the history of this universe. The one thing I can't figure out (laughs) is at the start of the game, when you're wading in this, this, you know, just gentle kind of pool area with a sandy bottom. Uh, if you look up into the sky, there's a, uh, there's a, what looks like a moon that's been shattered, but the moon is triangular shaped. It's so like a pyramid. And I have no idea what that means hmm. at all, at all. So,
1: well, well I here, here I am just swimming through the ocean going, I like turtles. Look at the turtle. <laughs> that's how. That's that's how I observed this game. But you know what? That's actually again. I think I mentioned it before. You're talking. By the way, that's so fascinating and interesting. Like it really is. Um, especially with uh, Abzu and Tiamat. That's that's really cool and good um i think you can experience this game on a number of levels you don't yes. need to catch all that iconography yes. and mythology yes you can just swim through the ocean and look at turtles like i did evidently yeah. and, and enjoy that experience so um i'm glad you found a lot of that because again it a lot of that flavor just helps uh build out the a story where i frankly i wasn't quite sure what was going on even till the end i was like oh he's a robot and we're stopping these things from polluting the ocean and then the cool manta rays come out. I just keep on <laughs> keeping on and I go into the jet stream and it's fun to go fast. And yeah, and again, it makes it sound like I was kind of not slack jawed staring at it, but it was, that was the experience I was enjoying. And I still enjoy that experience regardless. Yes. Like for example, I know people who've played, um, play Bioshock, right? If mm-hmm. you're going to play Bioshock, you really need to listen to the audio diaries in order to, to appreciate it. Like you really need to, like it's, Some of them are kind of required to really get the sense of what makes that game great, um, which is fine for that kind of game. But in this game, I didn't have to. It was nice to it was nice. I'm glad I still had a nice experience and didn't catch all that. So,
0: yeah, I mean, let me again, let me emphasize that I don't think you're supposed to. Stitch all that together on a first playthrough. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair. There, you just can't be that analytical, I think, on a first playthrough. Otherwise you risk not enjoying the game. Sure. Perhaps, oh yeah. You're just gonna you're gonna be stopping so much. You're not gonna be exploring and having that immediacy to it. Mm-hmm. So you, I played the game for the first time exactly like you. What I think I would say here to kind of you know close out this symbology section is play the game again. If you haven't yet, Bill, or if somebody listening hasn't played through Abzu again, play through it again and start to think about: <laughs> Does the shark represent sperm? You know, like <laughs> if, if, right? If, if you start to like think about these possible allegorical visual symbols, and the game becomes real, like interesting mm. in a different way than. Yeah. Uh, Just get like exploring and and they're both completely valuable and interesting experiences. I don't think you have to experience, like you said, I don't think you have to experience Abzu in any specific way um, other than the way that you want to experience it in. Yeah. And I think that's good. And I, I, I,
1: I've only played it once, like I said, and I would definitely, and again, it's like a two hour game. Like this is not a huge time investment. Um, I, I could definitely see myself going through the game again um yeah even with my kid who loves underwater stuff he might be really really into it and he can enjoy it on that surface level um no i shouldn't say that sounds again reductive we enjoy it on that um I, don't know, I guess service level enjoy it in a, in a lighter way in a more of an experiential way than an analytical way. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah no, again, like uh, the term I like to use is it with immediacy. That's good. Yeah. Cause immediacy. it's like when you're, mm-hmm. when you're there having an experience, like when you see a movie for the first time, right. And you're, especially if you're in the theater, you're just completely immersed in it. You know, you're submerged in that experience. And sometimes, you know, somebody coughing or, or is heckling, uh shoot, uh, things that'll take you out of a movie right. experience. Uh, I miss going to the theaters, and sometimes I don't. Yeah. Uh, I went to go see Wonder Woman, uh, which my wife adored. She was like on the edge of her seat the whole time, and I also loved the first Wonder Woman as well. Um, and the not the whole time, but there was a guy in there who was like ogling Gal Gadot like during the film. Oh no! So he goes, he goes, oh she got that boom. And- <laughs> I I looked at my wife and I was like, she got that boom. That's the, that's of all the things that you decided to ejaculate into the, (laughs) the ears of people in this room. You said she got that boom. I was, yeah, that'll take you right out of them. I, the I, I, I will share a
1: quick story then about <laughs> my favorite, in, my favorite instance of that happening where the one time it was good is I, we were, I was there to see, I think it was Batman forever. It's Batman forever. So obviously not oh, many, yeah. many years ago, I'm in the theater lights go down places packed, packed with people lights go down. It's that pause after the trailers before the credit for the first part starts and all you hear from like the front left hand, right hand section of the theater is, are you ready for the Batman? <laughs> and everybody died. Like it exploded with laughter. It was the, f- some dude decided to say, are you ready for the Batman in this menacing <laughs> voice? And it was glorious. It was great. Now I can't take interruptions <laughs> like that, man. I, I oh, it's, yeah. it's very, it's <laughs> very hard for me. Luckily I haven't experienced too much of that. I, I, I live in Austin here. We have a thing called the Alamo draft house where they will kick you out. If you're making noise, like they legit will just come by and just kick you out. So it's pretty good.
0: Nice. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. The things that people will shout out in a theater. <laughs> yeah. uh, gosh, it's like, come on, keep it in your pants, please. But some, <laughs> I mean, like at least that's funny. And that's at the start of the yeah, movie. Yeah, That's what I saying. this was guy, great. no, 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 this, this guy, no like he's like groaning, like, <laughs> like, you just be like, halfway through the Stop. Stop, Stop this, it. This is not, we're not well, like an adult. Like, this is not a brothel. We're watching Wonder Woman. It's <laughs> not an adult theater
1: in 1970s exactly. New York. Like, this yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. Gosh, have a little decorum, please. It's so gross. So, yeah, it is gross. So, uh, uh, obviously less gross than than Abzu. Of um, course. My friends, if you're listening and you thought that was interesting, I, you know, look, it's, it's hard to find like people who are interested in that level of of uh, of thinking about video games in like tandem with religion. So if you've got thoughts on it, I'd be down to hear it. If you know what that moon is, please, <laughs> I'm begging you. I Bill, if you fire up this game again, remember the moon. I'm going to okay, keep in mind the moon. Yeah. It's, I don't know what the heck it is, but it could just be like, you know, just decoration or it could be like something that, you know, solves the entire puzzle. I don't know. That's it. Could be the last piece. Yes. But audience questions, if you'd like to ask a question or share a comment to get a mention on this show, like a bunch of these fine folks, then you'll need to keep an eye out on my Twitter at the well mage where I announce the topics for each mage cast episode in advance. Or you can email me at the well read mage at gmail.com. Uh, next episode, we are going to be talking about chaos. Nothing but killing chaos. Strangers of Paradise. Final Fantasy Macho Origin. <laughs> I got thoughts. I got thoughts. I haven't played it yet. All so right, so We'll see how it goes. I got to play at least the demo and then see if I want to play the whole thing. But I have a friend of, uh, of mine again, Corey, who's been on this podcast before he'll be on the next episode. And uh, we have widely different Perspectives on Strangers of Paradise. Interesting. Um, in, in like tonally mm-hmm. more than, uh, and we'll definitely talk about maybe the worst kept secret in the entire history of video games. They named the guy Jack Garland for Cran Out Lab. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that'll be next episode. <laughs> uh, so tune in for that. And in the meanwhile, we must send Bill off uh, across the vast sea. Bill. Thanks for thanks for exploring the unknown. Um, I feel like we got pretty dang pretty dang into it a couple of times there, whereas like I don't know that there's a there's a basement below some of the some of the topics that we got into. What yeah, we do,
1: man. This is what we do. I, I braved the sea. My fear of water has been
0: <laughs> I set it
1: aside <laughs> for this particular um podcast. But thanks for having me, man. It's always a good time to uh, get that deep in, and really think about games in a uh, at a molecular level, as opposed to kind of just the uh, as otherwise. So, yeah, thank you for having me. Really appreciate
0: it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, where can our listeners find you, sir?
1: Yeah, they can find me at a gamer looks at forty four zero on Twitter. Um, on that Twitter, if you look in the bio, there's a link tree link. I finally got around to doing one. That's where you can find all the other socials. Subscribe to the podcast. Um, Throw me some bucks on Patreon. You know, do all the podcast things. And in case you didn't hear it, it is the history of video games as told through the everyday stories of the people who lived it. Um, So it's this collection of short stories from people like yourself and Mr. Red has been on it and a whole bunch of people in our circle have been on the show talking about the games they love, why they love it, and their personal experiences with it. So if that sounds like your cup of tea... Then, by all means, check out A Gamer Looks at 40 on your pod player of choice.
0: Excellent. My man, we will talk to you next time. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you did, here are a few next steps. Maybe browse our library and check out another episode. You could leave a review or rating on your app of choice. That'd really help out the show. You could even visit Patreon if you really want to go steady. Finally, how about joining our Discord community? There's links for you in the description. This episode may be over, but the legend will live on. Passed down by the dwarves, the elves, and the dragons.